podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the 73rd episode of the Dream Team Tonic podcast. With me, as usual, is James. Are you there, James? I'm here, Tony. And Ben, are you there? I'm here, mate. Happy days and a special guest for uh, our second episode of the season. We've got um, ninth place finisher from last season, Matt Woolley. Are you there, mate? Hi, Tony. I'm here. Ah, good to have you on board, mate. Um, obviously, part of the Patreon. Um, it's, it's nice to um, nice to get you involved, and I, I know there's a hell of a lot of questions been been put forward to you. So you're a popular guy. Um, we, we, we'll fire straight into him, Matt. Thanks. It's a, it's a, clearly a privilege to be on. Ah, hey, you flatterers, you flatterers. <laughs> so just just a few generic ones, just to uh, get a feel on. On where you are with your fancy football career and 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 how you came, obviously a ninth place finish last season in Dream Team is absolutely huge. Like you, you basically one transfer, one bad transfer away from winning it. Um, how long you been playing fancy football, mate? So my FPL um, history goes back to twenty twelve thirteen, mm-hmm. um, when I finished two millionth and change. So not great. Uh, the last six years in FPL though. Uh, I've had four top 100Ks, um, and the best was 13,000 a couple of years back. Um, I do remember playing the Telegraph and Times when I was back as a, in the school, times. when it was uh, fill it out on a slip on the newspaper yeah. or phone an expensive phone number yeah. to get your parents' permission <laughs> for, which obviously I didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do remember that, but more... More recently, in terms of taking it a bit more seriously, it's been the last few years. I've been playing Sky for about five years um, with taking advice at that point from the likes of Fergie, Dan Cox, Paul McNulty yeah. and Ian Parrin. But that's then led on last season to me having a bit of a crack at Dream Team um, and The Telegraph. So not only was I delighted to finish ninth in Dream Team, also managed to end up in the top 20 in Telegraph as well. So I was really, really ecstatic with that. Huge. Might, might well be the best year I ever have, but um, it was great. Not bad. Not bad, that. Go on, Ben. Uh, we know you've had uh, some high ranks in your time. What is the closest you've come to winning? So I think, we, I think we've just covered that, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, and you mentioned about one good, one bad transfer away. I mm. still haven't gone back. So there was, um, I've discussed it in a Discord a couple of weeks before the end of the season last year. There was a moment when Madison had a three for one over Liverpool. Mm. And I was tempted. <laughs> and I haven't added his points onto my score to see if he would have actually how far he would have pulled me up. I know it would have been into at least the top five. Um, so uh, it was it was close. Definitely the um, definitely by far and away the closest I've come to winning any of them. The Telegraph. He, he was on fire at that point, wasn't he, Madison? He, he was. He, it was one of them where 
if you weren't on him, it was when's it going to end? Like, what, I, am I going to jump on him now because he's a very streaky player, as we've always we've always discussed on here? But yeah, he fired, didn't he? He fired, and he was probably probably a a, a good lift up for a, quite a few teams. He was, and to be fair, he was the. He was lots of decisions went my way through the season. So obviously you make decisions and they're going to yeah. go through or not. Yeah, and definitely. It's a bad decision. And so many of them went for me. So many of them through the whole, like particularly December, January, February, March, just everything I seemed to yeah. be moving to was, was the right move. Uh, whether it was Mares or earlier in the season, Andros Townsend, just at the right moment got, got on them. Um, and Madison was the one I considered and was set, was, Perhaps the classic mistake, saving them for the the Liverpool transfers into the uh, Champions League final. But yeah, that could have been the right decision as well. In a different it could have scenario. Yeah, that's it. We, you never know. Hindsight's beautiful, isn't it? It is. Um, if we all had hindsight, we'd all win it. Um, <laughs> you don't have that, do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. How would you describe your approach to playing Dream Team? Um, any key tips for a successful season? So I think um, part of that is the word patience. So I'm not not going to be somebody who's moving and jumping around all the time. Um, very much in the mould, I think Fergie said last season, of trying to plan almost for the following month using that month's transfers in, mm. in Dream Team. So definitely being patient. Definitely being a bit of an autonomatron. I've just pronounced that correctly. <laughs> big, big, being a bit robotic in just going through the first part of the season with 10 teams and making the right transfers, not doing anything too, too silly, um, mm. but religiously doing that on a Thursday night, which for me, um, for me worked the Thursday night approach. Uh, I realize for many people that might be Friday morning, um, but either <laughs> way, to actually just make sure you do in the in Dream Team, I think that's crucial, not missing, not missing those. Week, weeks where there might be big moves coming up yep. um, but also not jumping into decisions either just thinking through it and and making that decision or not it was perversely different in Telegraph where I forgot about my team virtually for the first half of the season and, <laughs> probably for um, the best yeah it was for the best <laughs> but I don't think that's right in in the uh, dream team and last season um, and we might come on to you know what what might be the approach this season, but certainly last season, I think trying to do that strategy of having the transfers left in hand at the end of the season, having them available if you've got injuries or all of a sudden a really important player emerged rather than doing the luxury transfer at the start of the season and thinking, oh, um, you know, Mane's going to score more than Jotter over the next few weeks. Mm. Just being patient was, I think, one of the keys for me. Yeah. I think the other thing I would say is actually reading the rules and knowing, <laughs> yeah. knowing what the rules are. Was Number crucial. one, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. All, all the games are different, aren't they? You've got a, you've, and they've all got their own little quirks. Um, yeah. It's so important to to get those little nuances out of each individual game. Um, totally agree exactly. with that. It yeah. is I'm true. We get anybody that's rolling over and listening to this probably first time or. Or from Sky or from um, Telegraph, FPL, whatever it might be, is you have the players that perform in certain games and 
you have to know them players or know how they're going to score in this game. It's so important, so important when you switch from one game to the other because one 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 person in one game, or one player in one game, was such a, an absolute a beast. But in another game, he's actually he's useless. Mm, it's yeah. um, it's always always worth noting. Yeah, and that's yeah. Not, like in this in this version of the game, hitting Mares at the right time of year last season was was so important. It was it was um, a real boost. Mares always ends up as, as the one who jumped off in or on him at the right time. He's he's an absolute nuisance, dream <laughs> team nuisance, Mares. I'm hoping um, obviously after the the new contract signing and. Sterling leaving and obviously Jesus leaving. Maybe Amarez is more nailed, and maybe we're going to see more of a. I, I think I won't put it past Mares if he gets the game time that he'll top that midfield scoring charts. For me, yeah, I think I mean, at five and a half million, I think he's a good shout. He might be. He might be an option this season, not just in Dream Team, but across all formats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, I think touch of. I, I know in FPL he's probably eight million. Mm. Um, Telegraph, obviously, but if he's playing, he's he's definitely more of an option. Um, I think he always done it in Dream Team because he just used to come on the score. He'd come on the score and then he'd spend the next game on the bench, and yeah, so it's frustrating, frustrating, Mares. But yeah, I suppose the one the one thing that will be different this season for Mares is potentially not having the penalties when Haaland's on the pitch, um, yeah. which could be. Yeah, big discussion. Harlan's got to take penalties, hasn't he? You'd have to assume so. Uh, he's not mm. going to want to be handing them to anyone else. Yeah. He's not, not short on confidence, is he? Harlan. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Let's see. Right. Matt, we put the uh, questions to the community. We put them to the... Um, the patrons as well, and we got flooded, absolutely flooded, mate. Um, I don't think we've been this flooded since Fergie won it. Um, so take that as a compliment. Thank you. Uh, we're going to fire a lot your way. We're obviously going to follow on with answers ourselves, and but yeah, a lot of people want to want to hear from you. So first up from Patreon, Patrick, which of the cheaper players and enablers do you feel has the most potential to rocket up in price this season? So I think the first answer I'd say to that is I'm not sure we know the answer to that yet. Three weeks to go. <laughs> and if we, we all remember last year, the answer to that was Simicass. And that was due to yeah. an injury to Robertson. Yeah. So, you know, obviously never hope anyone gets injured, but there could well be an enabler that we don't yet know who he is, who comes into, into the fray. Yeah, um, that's a good show. But I do think that there are a couple who I've got my eye on. And funny that that was Patrick's question because I think he's identified one as well, um, who is a good, good potential to look at. So I think Solanke. Um, now striker spots could be a, at a bit of a premium this year. Yeah, I think we all ended last season thinking big at the back. You know, maybe not three up front, and mm. then all of a sudden we're drifting towards three big hitters up front. But I think yeah. Solanke, if he does. Play regularly up front uh, for them uh, at three million um, isn't a bad option. I think the two million, two and a half million midfielders though, 
might be where the real value is. So yeah. potentially uh, Boris Johnson <laughs> uh, at two and a half million for Forest. So if he last year, I think he had eighteen goals and ten assists. So if he can even translate some of that at two and a half million into the Premier League, then I think we could be onto a bit, bit of a bargain there. So he's definitely in my. my Quite often, though, I was just going to say. Quite often, one of those promoted teams does does uh, does does surprise you, doesn't it? I mean, look at Sheffield United a couple of years ago; they just kept on going, didn't they? Yeah, they anyone, everyone was thinking, "Oh, it will stop soon," but they, I think they they were pretty good until yeah. at least the early part of the following year, and it probably dropped away a bit. Yeah, yeah they've got the momentum, just, haven't they? It's just yeah. that's the thing. I, when we're looking, like when we look for enablers and stuff, it's like at that price bracket, I, I just, if he's a million, if he's a million, let's have a do. Let's have a do. Mm. But not at his price bracket when, Matt, carry on. Sorry, I've interrupted you here. But carry on with a few at two and a half, three million. No, I think it, I mean, it's fair enough. I, 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 you know, Johnson could be an absolute flop um, in the Premier League. We, we could see that. Um, I think the other, and equally, um, you've got Mitrovic at Fulham, who I think he's probably overpriced, to be honest. I, I don't think he gets into my my lineup. I don't think. Um, I mean, I've got a draft at the moment which doesn't have any of these players in, to be fair, that I'm mentioning. But one take, player that does stand out a little bit could be Mbwemo, who is yeah. at two million, um, and that's actually, as, as I say, Patrick asked the question, but he's also come up with a potential option there in in Mbwemo. Um, I mean, if he's playing regularly as he did last season, then that could be somewhere to go. Talk about Mitrovic. Now, is he the only player that can score <laughs> nigh on 40 goals in the Championship? <laughs> but then when he comes to Premiership, he can't muster up 10. He'll end up being on the bench after about four weeks. I don't get it. No. He's such a goal scorer in the Championship. He's an absolute animal. Absolute animal. Mm. We put him up to Premier League. So is this if you put Mitrovic in, say, I don't know, a Spurs side, is he a goal scorer? History's littered oh. with players like that, isn't it? What, what do I talk, you know, like 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 Dwight Gales, you know, comes up to the with Newcastle, yeah, two goals all season, drops back down, scores 20, 25 goals. Um some players just can't make that um Move that, that up. That's take that step up in class, can they? I, th- I think that's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Time will well, tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will, and I think time will tell. In again, some of these pre-season friendlies that we get over the next few weeks. I mean, I'm just looking through some of the million and one and a half million pound players. I mean, you can make you could make credible stories to say yeah. yeah. Brighton Adam Lallana will get minutes. You could say that. Strike at Leeds could get yeah. minutes. You could make cases to say, um, you know, Sonny March or Click, um, stick, sticking with Brighton and Leeds there. But whether they're really players you actually want anywhere near your team is not a problem. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty slim pickings at one, one and a half million, to be fair. They're, they're definitely, um, sorry, I just want to say they've, they've made it. So hard this year that you're gonna to have to need three or four enablers in your team. Yeah, and do you know what? It's great that we're having discussions yeah. about these players. Yeah, I, do you know, I've been quite dismissive of a few players, but 
but it's good that, and we've we've discussed it through last season as well. How can you make it harder? One 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 way we said was, let's just price the premiums out of this world. We price them so high, we can't have every one of them, and then all yeah. of a sudden we don't need just one enabler. We're after four enablers. Mm. So we're looking at four around the three million bracket mm. to to be able to fit everybody in. But then with people like what, what we're trying to say about uh, Brendan Johnson, who's a very, very good player. He's a very talented, not sorry, player. Sorry, what was he priced that boy? Uh, he was at two and a half. So you got two and a half for Johnson at Notts Forest. You've got more to nail it at two and a half million. Yeah, but he's a forward. And yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna take one of your premium strikers up. If you know what I mean. I you, get it. Yeah. I get it. But I mean who's gonna score more? Who's who's gonna make that money? Like if, if you were only gonna go for, I don't know, Haaland and Salah or Haaland and Kane, and mm. you're gonna fill the other one full of somebody. Martinelli at two and a half million, mm. or Enketia even at two and a half million. They're the ones, aren't they? And you're not going to go and take the gamble and just fill your midfield space with a Brendan Johnson from Forest at two and a half million. Mm. I just think well, he's all okay. they've overpriced him. I think this is brilliant. I think just we've all got different ideas. <laughs> this year. Well, yeah, yeah it's, it's, there's no more. There's going to be no templates. Hopefully, no, I know. No, I, I look back on my team. Uh, um, ended up in the top 10 last season and I mean the, the genuinely on game week one the weakest link so you think about the questionable players there was Simakas who even by the stage yeah. we got to the start of the season we knew was playing the first three matches probably yeah he was really good um and well there's another player who's currently on bail um who I won't <laughs> mention but uh <laughs> there's um you know, I just decide that we didn't need to make those compromises. So it's absolutely mm. fantastic that we, as you say, we're having to make those compromises yeah, this year. Definitely, definitely, it's gonna be, it's gonna be such a good season. I can see it. <clears throat> I noticed. I, I noticed you started with um, you started with five Liverpool players, five City players, and <laughs> and one uh, Man United striker who we won't mention. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you just can't you can't do that this year, can you? No. no no way at all in this world of doing it. And I ended no. up into kind of Ben Rama and Townsend fairly quickly <laughs> for some of the non-playing, because I had Grealish and Tor- Fanat- Ferran Torres in from the start, who weren't cheap, mm. um, but they weren't also playing regularly. So it was it yeah. was quite easy to get into that sort of really heavy-hitting side last season. Yeah, And yeah, it's it's going to, I think, I mean, we'll probably touch on it with some, some other questions later, but... Some of the actually trying to get your squad the value you need this season is going to be even more important, I think, than it has been in the past. Yeah, yeah. and definitely touching on that, like you said, the importance of the squad value. We'll move on. And Gaz's right arm has been on the Patreon. Who are the must-have five or six premium players? Matt Lowy first, please. Um <laughs> <laughs> I thought that. that was in. Um, I think that was in kind of bold capitals. Matt, what he first? Yeah, yes, yeah. he's 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 prompted basically. You've got to answer first. You, you... I mean, I think to, to me, uh, and I've tried to fit them into my draft. Um, I think Salah and Haaland 
uh, for me, are the two who I really want to commit to. I mean, I'm scared of Kane. Um, yeah. I don't, and I think, and I don't have the statistics to back this up, really. Um, obviously, there's the, the myth that Kane doesn't really do very well in August, but I have a feeling that might be, we might need to look at whether that's affected by whether there's been a World Cup or Euros in August, or sorry, in June, July. Um, obviously, he's had a good break this year, yeah. and hopefully he's he's rested up and fit, um, because my Premier League side is actually good. I'm hoping he does all right. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I do fear him a bit. Um, I think that, so Sat- I'm not sure if I get to six here in the big hitters because yeah. I actually couldn't fit them in. But I think Salah Haaland, I think Sterling is one who I'm starting to get interested mm. in, Chelsea. Oh, yeah. um, I haven't fitted Mares in, as you, you spoke about. Um, yeah. But if he's playing more regularly, then he's got to be a thought. I think Trent and Cancelo at the back. But again, I cannot fit... I just can't fit all these players in. So if I were naming six, it would probably be Salah, Haaland, one of Son or Kane. Um, It would be Cancelo and Trent, who I'm going to put in the premium bracket here. And then probably Sterling for me. It's so hard to fit Sterling's a good shout. No, he's moved to Chelsea. He's a massive shout, isn't he? I mean, I'm going to hark, but I might say this a few times tonight, and I already have, but we'll, we'll have to see how, how the teams all fit together. I mean, the kind of how Chelsea are going to set their front line up is going to be really interesting as as, as we get towards the start of the season. But Definitely. I think Sterling, I mean, this is his chance to shine now. And let's let's hope that he does he does do actually quite well. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's done all right at City, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, when you look at his city history, but he, he has probably got a chance to probably just nail nail a place at Chelsea. Like let's nail that position, and because he's a talented player. But um, Kane and Salah, the last one two um, top two two scorers at the forward positions last season and the season before. I think there's guaranteed points. I think Kane come up for a lot of scrutiny last year, especially in, in Dream Team as well. And he still, he still did the business. It's it's like if he had a full season without any of the uh, the issues, like he didn't play. How long did he play for it at the start of the season? And he he didn't play the first match. And then he'd come off the bench in the second game. He'd come then, off the bench in the second game and yeah. then he, he worked then quite he played, with it for the first few. And... Yeah, then he played the second leg of the qualifying Europa Conference game and scored a hat-trick. And then he did oh, nothing again. Helps. He did nothing again after that for a while. Yeah, yeah and it just it felt be... like he, he wanted to be at Man City at that time. Oh, yeah. Oh. We were watching it going, he's at Man City. We, we were <laughs> waiting for him to transfer to Man City. Now they've got Haaland. Kane's obviously fully dedicated now to Spurs. I, I can see him exploding this season. I, I can't leave Kane out. I, I really like penalties. I know he's so good at assisting Son. And so Son obviously got the golden boot last year with, with Salah. But then finishes about, I think he's about 60 points behind Kane mm. in Dream Team points. So sometimes it's not about how many you score, but Star Man Awards. He's a darling. He's an absolute darling. Ten Star Mans last year. Yeah, there we go. 
So are no. we, I mean, I'll put, I'll put a question out here myself here. Are we thinking that we're actually going to have to jump around more between the premium assets than than in the past? Because I mean, Possibly. If we look at, if you think about the Champions League, there are going to be some easy games for yeah. Salah, for Haaland, for Kane. They're yeah. all going to have those, mm. those home matches, which the managers will still prioritise because it's Champions League, but there'll be, you know, potentially goals galore. And therein lies, like, so when we talk about, so big at the front, big at the back, whatever it might be. So it, if you play, if you start the game with Salah, Haaland, Kane, and like you say, there's some easy games come around for them lads, you're already on them. If, if you say you take a punt on Son, and then they say this easy game comes around and you're thinking, I need Salah. Within them first two weeks, Salah could have gone up by 0.6. Son might have not scored. You're down 0.6. And all of a sudden, there's absolutely no chance. And you're stuck. He's, this season, he's going to be it's so dangerous. It's going, to be, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be... And, and I think my advice to everybody is probably you need these big hitters in your team before they hit. Because if they hit and you're not on them, you're done for. Hey, you're it's not, not Pokemon. You can't, you can't catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously with the defenders, so we look up the back four. Obviously you've got Trent, you've got Robert o, Cancelo, James, Chilwell. I mean, such good players that are involved in goal. Yeah. I can see transfers here in the first week on the Thursday night, to be honest, Friday <laughs> morning. Um, while, while we're talking about um, premium players, should we have a look at Matt Woolley's uh, dra- draft he's got so far? Yeah, yeah, I think we should. Yeah. <clears throat> Go on, Matt. Talk us through that, mate. No, <laughs> <laughs> we've got... Um, I mean, I don't know what I don't really know at this moment how good this is or not. And I, I suppose before I talk about this draft, I should say that one of the things about last season was I had 10 quite different teams. Mm. So I had 10 teams, different yeah. teams yeah. going to the start of the season. My my play in dream team last season wasn't particularly based on having any teams in any particular cash league, so that none of them to me they were all as important as each other. Yep, so started off with a load of different variations on teams and fairly rapidly after about six weeks a couple of them were still sort of doing well and the others were not so well so I think the first thing is do different things with different teams uh, if you're in that luxury position so I've got Sanchez in goal Um, he's a bit of a placeholder at the moment I need to have a think about it but I'm happy enough with him obviously uh, obviously Brighton won't have European games so that's a bit of a sacrifice there. Yeah. Uh, in defence, I'm assuming Romero plays the majority of games at the moment. So yeah. he's got in a decent value. Um, I've not got a problem there. Shalaba, assuming he plays again, decent value. Good defence with Chelsea. So pretty happy with him. Chilwell, if he comes back and is half the player he was a couple of, uh, well, at the beginning of last season, the season before then. Got no problem with that. Do you see, do you see that as a gamble, mate? Uh, uh, with five million on Chilwell, obviously we've not seen him since. Don't get me wrong. If he comes, like you say, if he comes back half the player he was, like we're happy days. But 
Yeah, I mean, I think he he probably is a bit of a gamble. And there are a couple of yeah, there's probably him and another gamble in this team who I'm really not sure about at this point in time. I mean, <laughs> I like Chilwell could become like Reece, it, Chilwell yeah. could become Reese James if if that looks more of an option in in preseason. I've obviously sacrificed not having Trent or Cancelo in this draft, mm. despite yeah. being yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're definitely two of my top six kind of players. So mm. uh, that, like say, that's the jeopardy in the game this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like you say, it's, it's, it's decisions like that, like Chilwell being in your side from the off mm. and taking that gamble, that can propel you into the top 100. And then all of a sudden, then you build from there. So it, it, I was just saying, like, obviously... You, you can worry about the, the five million on Chilwell, but that might actually become very straight money and, and Chilwell hit the ground running and yeah. nobody has him. Yeah, totally. And I think that I do think that going back to my approach of patience, there there yeah. may be a little switch towards because of the World Cup, um yeah. and where that sits and how that's affected the balance of the transfer through the season, there may be a little bit more value in being a bit bolder and a bit more Definitely. quick to make those transfers. So if Chilwell yeah. isn't isn't doing the business after one week, even two weeks, then move on. Um yeah. I think so I is an option. Um, he saves like you it. half a million, doesn't he, on Reese James as well. He does. I like it. I like it. I, I like the option. Just just question it. Just uh, <laughs> out of just I've got to do it, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. Like playing devil's advocate, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Well, yeah. Go on, go on, mate. It is. So then in midfield, I've got who, you know, if he plays the majority of matches, which I think he probably will, given how well he finished the season, I think he's going to be still still getting points. Um, obviously, he's got Richarlison to, to battle with a bit, but I think Richarlison might fill in for... You know, he could fill in yeah. for Kane in some matches, to yeah. be honest, to give Kane a bit of a rest. So... I think Kulisevsky's priced about right at three and a half. Um, so I think he's he's pretty good. Um, and I was just going back to the comment on Reese James and uh, Chilwell, actually, and I don't have any spare budget from this team. So this is a £50 million team, actually. So I, I couldn't go to couldn't go to James necessarily, if I, even if I wanted to from there. So um, this is bang on the money. Um, Diaz in midfield, I think... Um, He's, you know, how good was he at the end of last season, to be honest? I didn't think he would displace the front three for Liverpool. I mean, Jota, Mane and Salah, uh, Jota having displaced. Obviously, Firmino looked unbelievable. And now, you know, they've been able to go and, you know, the changes they've made up front there at Liverpool, scary stuff, to be honest. I think Diaz is amazing. We we were we obviously banged on about Diaz on the pod and and at the fir- very first like probably the first three four weeks he weren't getting any returns like for all his hard work he weren't getting no star mans no assists no goals and he started to he started towards the end of the season start to to rack a few in and he's a quality player at five million and I think with Mane going I think he's more solid. So I think he's more nailed. What what does what does obviously put put me off, and it puts me off a lot of city players as well. Is this five substitute rule? It's gonna be it's gonna be basically 
if Salah scores a hat trick and you're three 0 Diaz, Salah, and whoever else is coming off the pitch, <laughs> they're coming off to be rested. No, it's a good shout. Um, but yeah, yeah, five million. I don't, I don't think it's a bad price for Diaz. No, it's assuming, good, good assuming price. he plays seventy percent of their minutes across Definitely. the English stuff and the European stuff. I mean, I think that's mm. good value. Sterling, equally five million. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he's, you know, potentially a sensational out of position striker this season. <laughs> yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I think that um, you know, there's there's there is a debate to be had about habits and how he fits in around um, where Sterling plays. But I think Sterling's going to be, if he gets the the minutes at Chelsea, he's going to be sensational. Yeah. Sancho, I mean, you know. I like that, man. And, I like that. Yeah, can Ten Hag get the best out of him? I mean, it's he's it's clearly got amazing quality, um, Sancho, and three million pounds. He could be an absolute bargain, yeah. or he could be, um, you know, if if United look as bad as they did last season, the player that I'm sure transferring out after a week or two. <laughs> I'll openly say I was one them that was. Basically, Sancho, what a what a signing! Yeah. I, I was openly saying this is massive. What, what what a great player, great in the Bundesliga, so dangerous, so attacking, so this the the he's great for dream team. I'll openly say that that is how I was feeling. Um, that never ever come to fruition, but three million this year. And I think that in that midfield, I've tried to try to end up with some. You know, extending my strikers essentially to was more than more than three strikers. So, uh, carrying on with strikers, Salah <laughs> and Haaland, we've already touched on. I think they are they're in my team to start with. Um, I realise Spurs have got Southampton at home in the first match, and that's taking a bit of a risk with without Kane. Uh, but I think the upside on Haaland could be huge, and I think Gabriel Jesus, he's you know, five million if he's playing up top for Arsenal and he's not sharing minutes with Nketiah and Martinelli, yeah. who we talked about earlier. I think he could be Arsenal. Look, I think Arsenal have gone forwards, which pains me to say. As um, <laughs> well, are you a Spurs fan, mate? Well, so I'm an Argyle fan, um, but in terms of my first, so I'm, I'm from Cornwall uh, and miles away from any football teams in in the old when I was growing up. So the, the first, Premier League. Yeah, miles away from the Premier League. So the first thing that got me into football really was kind of the, the football Italia era when it was on free on yeah. L4 and yeah. a bit of um, FA Cup and the kind of Gascoigne Lineker era was where I sort of picked Gascoigne. up Spurs really. Spurs. Yeah. Uh, and then I discovered that actually Plymouth wasn't too far away as a as a coin. You could get to <laughs> normal and you could actually go and watch the football. So, so yeah, I'd say I'm a... I'm an Argyle fan. Classic. You shouldn't really have two teams, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> That's it, um, but Gabriel Jesus, I, I think he's got some, I think he's got value this season. And if he, if he is, as I say, playing um, and not sharing too many minutes with Nketiah and Martinelli, then I think they've, I think he's the value option across all formats at the moment. So I, I remember we, Jesus, years and years ago, like, when he first turned up at um, City, his very first season, and I got so excited about him. 
uh, saying this lad, this lad, he will score goals for fun. He's got everything about him. He's strong. He's wins aerial duels. He don't give a he don't give a shit. He gets stuck in. He's he's he got everything skill. And then it just kind of like he did well at the start, but then he just drifted off. And and obviously last season he's done well when he played, but again he's just never ever like used consistently. He's um, a top player, top top player. And they're in, am I right in saying Arsenal are in the Europa League this year? Yeah. Thursday nights on, yeah. uh, well, on, what's the beat? <coughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, they, again, I don't know who they'll, how the rotation will work there, but that could be some, that could be some goals coming there as well. Yeah, uh, and that's why I like that choice. But then he's in your forward positions. And then I, I struggle with leaving a Salah, a Haaland, a Kernel. And I'm feeling in a, in a bit of a luxury. I mean, I'm entering more, I am entering some cash leagues this season and therefore I do have different teams that are more important to me now all of a sudden. So I am thinking a bit more. But equally, I'm thinking that I want to have those decisions spread across the different teams. So I'm going to have a team with Kane, Salah and Haaland yeah. up front. I'm going to have a team with, you know, Big at the back yeah, with um, you know, potentially Reese James or Chilwell plus Trent and Cancelo and another big hitter at the back. So I'm going to have several different variants this year. I don't think I'll do what I had last year, which was have had a Villa team, which had most of the Villa. <laughs> Excellent. Right, moving on then. Question from Matt uh, from Andy Barnett on the um, on the Patreon. There must be been a month in the season. Well, you must have taken a fairly big risk that paid off, for example, maybe either by going all over the Liverpool defence, standing firm with a split city or pool defence, or holding your assets. When was your key month and what do you do or refrain from doing? So I think in general, my approach last season, I, I do th- although I think subtly it will change this season to being a bit bolder, is generally the strategy of holding the transfers back as the month goes on will still be be my play this season. Last season's months where I think I did particularly well, September last year, I ended up moving from Ferran Torres onto Andros, Andros Townsend and I held him for eight weeks. And it was the week that he came in when Dominic Calvert-Lewin was injured and... It was clear that Andros Townsend was going to play up front. And I think Everton had they had a League One or League Two club. I'm not going to offend by particularly naming who it was in the Carabao Cup. I can't remember. But they had it was it seemed very logical that he'd be playing the Premier League match on a Saturday and the Carabao Cup to get some minutes in his legs in midweek and he could go, you know, and score big in that. So I think his value just Rocketed over those weeks, actually. Crazy, um, yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, Andros Townsend. <laughs> <laughs> what a footnote to a season Andros Townsend oh, is. Certainly, God, but he was quite. He was a huge riser for me in September, and I think it was around that time I'd also just bought in Ben Rama, who I didn't have in at the start, despite Antonio saying that he was going to be. The mustard, and he loved working with Ben Rama. Um, <laughs> and 
I also, yeah, so I clearly splurged a few transfers because I bought in Armand Traore as well. <laughs> the cheat code. The cheat yeah. code. <laughs> Got rid of him after two weeks. <laughs> and who, who did you bring in that? Sorry? For, who did you uh, bring in for, uh, uh, who did you replace Traore uh, with? Oh my God. I, I, just, I can see who it is. I've got a, I've got a copy of um, from FF stuff, my mm. team throughout the season. So I've just re- I hadn't looked at that until now. Riyad um, Mahrez, I took out for him. <laughs> I was looking through your transfers and most of them look like look like amazing moves. But yeah, the, the Triori to Saar and, and then back, back out again. Um, was was one one area I picked up on. So it's clearly obvious that not every, even if you're a fantastic player, not every move is going to pay off, is it? So, but no, you just need more to pay off than not, I guess. And I think more did pay off than not last season. But as I say, I look at even the starting team, and I think you know at this time of the year we're all kind of worried about getting all eleven positions right. But as I say, I had at the start, I had Ferran Torres, Jack Grealish. Um, the Manchester United forward, and uh, yeah, those three who really did nothing through the year. Um, yeah. Who uh, I suppose Jack Greenish did contribute to Man City, but not as a dream team asset. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to be fair, you're not going to get it right if you can get it. If you can get seven or eight right at the start, then you you're doing well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the other month then. I was really restrained and I was really planning for the Chelsea exodus of the Club World Cup. Mm, so yeah. I made tra- I held back transfers and used my December transfers really to get rid of Chelsea players rather than January, which some others would have done. Um, and I was sweating when the mighty Greens of Argyle played Chelsea and Lukaku. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. I remember that. Uh, what a, what a game that was, and uh, how how good they our goal were, and you know, <laughs> not too far away from getting a draw there and taking them back to the park. Um, or well, probably wouldn't have been a replay actually, would it? It would have been um, settled on the day on penalty. That yes, it was close to a penalty shootout because it was after extra time. But that day I was sweating and getting out James Rudiger and Mount in a planned way with December transfers, then leaving me free for January to have during a busy January for everyone other than Chelsea um, was was really important, I thought. So, again, it was the decisions paying off. More of them paid off than not. That Chelsea one could have gone absolutely catastrophically wrong with, uh, yeah. you know, star men in that Chelsea team and hat tricks all over the pitch. Yeah, definitely. So those are the two months that I would stand out to me. Happy days. Right, where is it on? Now you've had time to play around with some drafts and the prices. Have you decided on a balanced side or big premiums in either defence, mid or strike? Another side question. Aren't you scared about the start? I am. I mean, <laughs> I feel I need the best players now as they maybe even order to get through the start well. And my picks don't pull up any trees. Yet it's so hard to know who to have as having them is always impossible. Um. Yeah, yeah, Matt. It's basically, basically saying, have you decided on whether you're going to balance it across your team, or are you going to go heavy at the top, heavy at the back? 
So I think uh, having spent, as I said, the end of last year thinking it's going to be big at the back, I'm now in a big at the top mode. Um, <laughs> getting in the premiums, getting in at least two of Salah, Haaland and Kane. Someone who's a bit affordable like Jesus, Sterling, Diaz. I mean, that. I know that we're all thinking you can't get too many big players in, but just reading those five off and still... Yeah, it's, still, you still have an ability to get the premiums in in Dream Team, so I would be focusing on. I would be focusing on premiums. I mean, not knowingly, I'm going without Trent and Cancelo. That's my compromise at the moment. I think that to balance it out, I think the big problem we've got is fixtures, and the good sides seem to have really good fixtures at the start of the season, and it's. You know, there could be some really high scores uh, across August and into September for some of the Liverpool assets, the Man City assets, Chelsea assets. And you don't really want to stray too far into some of the sides who are A, not that good, and B, don't have the fixtures, to be fair. Um, So I think it's, yeah, I I mean, might get as many of the premiums as you can, but try and keep playing assets from the teams who are, Decent teams. Yeah, definitely. Great advice, that man. Great advice. Um, right, from Cezos. Premium defence worth having? Liverpool City mini box. So, I think I will have a few teams with the defensive blocks in. It's not necessarily the team that I... I'm thinking as my number one team at the moment. I'm entering into some of the cash leagues, to be fair. Yeah, uh, but that's, that's irrelevant because... Equally, last season, my team that ended up really high was not one of the top five teams that I entered into certain for fun leagues. So, you know, it's horses, a bit of horses for courses. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, as I say, the, the kind of defensive blocks, Liverpool have got, you know, a very, what looks like a very easy August. Um, United away, they do have to face in August. So that, if you go back, City... Fairly easy August as well, to be honest. Um, so I'm gonna, I am gonna ha- again try and focus on sides that at least one or two sides that have as many Liverpool and City players, potentially with a couple of bargains in there to, to uh, enable that as, yeah. as I can. So I think that I was playing around with a uh, side that ha- ended up with I think eight Liverpool players, no Mo Salah. Um, <laughs> But covered covered a lot of the other Liverpool players, uh, which I thought looked, you know, that had potential to be something that by the end of August could absolutely be laughing if they do really well. So I think there are some are some options. And I mean, last season the defensive block, Liverpool defensive block, was what what propelled me into yeah. into a good place with Cancelo as well. So I think that it's hard to ignore that. Yet, you can't have everything. Yeah, not this season. No. (laughs) Not this season. So, so I think that it's it's a big August this year. Uh, We've got five sets of Premier League fixtures. We've got the Carabao Cup for the teams who aren't in Europe. And we've got West Ham in the Papa John's playoff. So it's <laughs> that's my line. 
can't can't help listening to the previous well, seventy-two <laughs> of these and picking up some of the lingo. So um, <laughs> yes, so it's big August, um, and I'm not sure if I'd be thinking you need to make one transfer every Thursday. I've, I've already alluded to the fact that it might be the season where you might want to fairly quickly move off somebody after week one or week two onto a different enabler who's turning into the into the bandwagon who might sustain the whole season. Uh, but I do think you need to be more flexible than thinking about one transfer every Thursday. I think you need to be more flexible than thinking about five transfers at the start of the month and splurging them, certainly, yeah. um, if anyone's thinking of doing that. I think you need to be aware of injuries. Um, you know, you do not want to be in a scenario where you're three weeks into August and you've got an injured player who you can't get out of your side. Yeah. Um, and the bandwagons could emerge quite early on. We might see the... We've talked about potentially the risk of someone like Brennan Johnson, and he might not perform, but he might. And if yeah. he... If at two and a half million, uh, and Buemo at two million, they go off on one, and you're not on them, and you've got someone else who's pretty darn average at three million or two and a half, you're going to want to jump on them. So yeah. I don't, I don't see any problem with one or one a Thursday for the whole of August. I just, I wouldn't bookmark them in. I hope not to use them as early if I can avoid it. Um, you, you've then got West, as we talk about West Ham having those extra matches in the playoff of the Europa Conference League. Um, you know, they have had players who've delivered consistently over the last few years. First of all, Lingard, attacking midfielder, when he came on loan from Manchester United, then Ben Rama at the start of last season, and then Bowen. So we don't know who this year's Lingard, Ben Rama or Bowen might be. Probably Bowen. Uh, but it could be <laughs> it could be it could be anyone. And if we're and I think using that using some transfers in August to get onto those sorts of players, or if a Conor Gallagher is starting to emerge somewhere at one of the promoted clubs or at Southampton, who look like an absolute, you know, have they've done absolutely nothing as far as I can see in terms of bringing anyone in. They look like they're going backwards, but who knows? There might be someone who's coming through their structure of their youth who who comes in and actually is is good. So just Try and be conscious of those those things. I try and listen to football, watch football. I mean, for me, last season and the last couple of years, I've listened to probably more football, watched more football than I've watched in the last decade. Um, for me, it was there's been a lot more of the ear test than the eye test, actually. So I talk a lot about the eye test and watching it on Match of the Day or watching it on Sky or BT or Amazon. But actually, for me, listening to some of the commentators on Radio 5 and even on Talk Sport between their constant bombardment of gambling adverts, uh, <laughs> you do pick up a lot of kind of nuances to players that are on the ball, players that, that are exciting, that are getting on the, um, into, the, into the penalty area who the commentators starting to raise their voice because they think might do something. Andrew so, Townsend. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Lingard was one of the years ago. And I think I think it goes right the way back to and it, it literally the reason I was listening to more football was due to probably the first lockdowns, uh working from home. You know, the radio you could either listen to, you know, music that was 
the same. I'm not a huge listener to music. I was always more of a five live kind of news and sport kind of listener. Um, but you could listen to you could listen to live football when restart happened, or you could listen to endless talk about restrictions, COVID, and get quite depressed, to be honest. So <laughs> rather listen to the football or listen to brilliant podcasts like the Dream Team Tonic. Um, and, uh, you know, walking around on the kind of daily allowed outside for a walk with, with earphones in, listening to a, a Premier League football match when they were all played at different times between Brentford and Everton. You got to learn more about Brentford and Everton players than you would ever do normally. So yeah. um, I think listen to, watch, try and pick up on who are those players who are going to be on the radar next week of everyone who you can get in that week before and get their price rise and get their, um, you know, get their, get their points. If they're, if they're the new Lingard, Ben Rama or Bowens or Gallagher's fantastic. Definitely. Completely agree with all of that. Um, going on from that, um, obviously my United players, they have been some of the big hitters in previous seasons, a dream team that Maguire has been a dream team darling. But we got Fernandez, who was absolutely racked up the points. Based on their terrible performances last season, which ones might be worth a punt? And that's from Rick. So I think Rick, the the decent enough fixtures in August, it's not a bad shout. And I've got Sancho in my top draft. Um, they've got Brentford. Sorry, they've got Brentford away in the second match. Brighton and Hove Albion at home in the first match. Then they've got Liverpool at home, which is clearly going to be a, a bit of a tester in that third match. Southampton away and Leicester away, so it's not too bad. So I think it's not it's not too out there to have a Liverpool player in the in the side to start with. They've obviously got Europe, um, not the Europe they'd want, but they've got Europe. And I did. And I started with the United player who, again, <laughs> I mentioned it last season. So I think there's it getting having one in a bit of a risk. Eric Ten Hag could could change them into something that's a bit more decent this season. The ones I'm looking at, so Sancho is currently in my number one team draft. We talked about him. Fernandez, Bruno, probably back on penalties, I'd assume. He is five and a half million, though. So he was an absolute cheap. beast years ago. Yeah. Can you so imagine if he come back to his best? I know, <clears throat> I know. You could see him up there in the in the top, of, in the really high up in the charts. Yeah. The points, yeah. I just see it now. Yeah. Still and, waiting for the Ericsson price as well, aren't we? Yeah, and I think Rashford at three and a half million. If mm. if he ends up playing centre forward, I think that's the big question. So you've just mentioned it actually around yes. Ericsson. Who's going to be playing up top? Is it going to be Ericsson or is it going to be Rashford? Uh, or are they going to rotate? Are they going to do 50-50? I don't know. I just don't know who's going to be up front for United. And therefore, one Martial's of those... Martial's getting a bit of walking as well, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Martial's getting a bit of, a, bit of game time in pre-season. I, I think with United, we literally... We literally we've got... Um, We've got a bit of a guesswork here, and they've got three, four, five players that could explode. Uh, they could be big point earners in Dream Team. Um, Maguire, 
we would touch on the defence. If if they keep a few clean sheets, Maguire, he loves an editor. He loves a, a dream team star man. So if they do start keeping clean sheets, Maguire will be back to his best. It's, it's so difficult. We have a new manager coming in, but they're such they've got such they've got a talented side. I mean, I think Maguire could be a good shout, actually. As, as odd as that sounds, and I think you spoke about it on <laughs> yeah. last week's pod, actually, as well. Yeah. But as odd as it sounds, despite how terrible he was last season, yeah. they've just signed Martinez, who's left centre-back, for 57 million quid. So they, they spent a bit of money. So he, he must have some talent. Varane's, you know, a good quality player. So... They've got talent there. I think Maguire will be in the side more often than not, um, still. Um, and they've got Malasia in a, at fullback. So they are strengthening that defence. And they've still got David De Gea, who's really good. So, you know, there, there is a potential that that defence could turn this season. Um, <clears throat> but we'll have to wait and see. I'd, I'd be waiting and seeing on that. I'm not sure I'd commit to a Manchester United defender from the start. De Gea's only three million this year, I see. Um as is Ramsdale, I think if, if you're looking at uh, sort of the mid-range keepers, I think those two could be could potentially be um, good buys, but we'll, it's a bit risky to start the season with them. But uh, yeah, they could they could be uh, gold, couldn't they? If they if if they start getting some clean sheets. What what's the situation with Ronaldo? We haven't even mentioned him. Hmm. He's gone AWOL. I mean, I, well, I, think, I think we're guessing he's not going to be there. Mm. I think whatever chat I've heard of Premier League and whatever else, I, I, my guess is that Ronaldo isn't in the he Premier League out. next season. Yeah, I think there's something going on. Um, <clears throat> don't get me wrong, if he, if he starts for United, he's a, he's a danger, but I'd, I'd, I'd probably stick with more side options. Oh, yeah. For that price as well. Three. I mean, I think he wants, ultimately, Ronaldo wants Champions League records and he wants to be the greatest European footballer. And he's not getting that at United. He definitely will get out it's, there. It looks like Chelsea are out of the game. <laughs> it looks like it's not happening at Chelsea for him. So, and, but I don't know where, where the options I, are. Who's now signing? I am Munich. No, they've come out and said um, we're not interested. Yeah, they're more interested in Harry Kane for in Are a they? couple of years' time. Yeah, PSG not interested. Apparently, they've literally gone on record to say that. Um, there's there's rumours he might go back to Madrid, but um, I doubt uh, Benzema will want to be his water carrier again, will he? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, could go back to Juventus, but. Who knows? I mean, obviously, these 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 uh, some Saudi teams have come in for him, but he's not going to go there, is he? He's, he know he's he won't lower himself to go to a, a league that's not, uh, you know, that's not up up there. He's got it's got to be one of the top leagues, doesn't it? So, but he's, yeah, his his options are limited. Yeah. I mean, it's got a, it's got a horrible Gareth Bale type feeling about it, and I have to say, I, I, I'm surprised that Gareth Bale didn't go and join that breakaway golf tour. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's thinking as well. That's so funny. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, brilliant. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Where is he going to end up? We don't know, do we? But I don't think it's going to be United this season. Um, any advice, Matt, for someone like Connor, who's going to be trying to manage in multiple formats and still perform at a high level in uh, FBL, Sun Dream Team and Sky? So I've used the three words earlier, and I think you three all seem to agree with it. Read the rules. So yeah. be on top of the rules. Um, make sure you've you've worked out the nuances of the rules. And I think if you played it lot, any of the ones you played last year, read them again because it's the World Cup in the way. Yeah. This year. And I think the impact of the World Cup across all formats is completely different. I don't know. I'm happy to go into some thoughts on on the impact it's got on Dream Team in a second if you want. Um, but equally, in terms of the multiple formats, try to have reliable playing assets. So, for example, Kulosevsky would have been one of those who was three and a half million, who I'd say would be playing most of the time for Spurs. I think we need to, we need to watch that position. I'm, I think he will play the majority of games for Spurs, but try not to have those players who, who might get a game Try to have the players who will get a game most of the time yeah. in all sides because you don't. The last thing you want to be doing is having to transfer someone out just because they're not playing. Uh, on Dream Team, Thursday night, Friday morning, whichever your choice is as to when you do it, crucial. Telegraph and Sky, you know, early on Saturday morning. Well, not early on Saturday morning particularly, but before the first match kicks yeah. off, get in there and you know make your make your moves. Be vaguely aware the whole week, but you can take you know different days of the week where you're not focusing on it and just taking a bit of a you know not not breather exactly. Um, I'd say take advice, but play to your strengths. So listen to this pod, um, you know, pick up certain things from it. But everyone's different. For for me, I am the kind of robotic or trauma autonomatron that I said earlier I'm probably still <laughs> um who just goes in and is patient generally doesn't get carried away with myself but if you're a player who takes punts on things and that's what you do be the best one of those and in some years that's going to win so yeah. be the best of whatever your whatever your kind of strategy is I for me I have loose plans I don't, I don't particularly like to over plan too many weeks in advance I'd have loose plans, but just be flexible. Um, talked about taking breaks. Limit the luxury transfers. So if if you're weighing up in your mind at the, at the start of a month when you've got five new, fresh, shiny transfers in and you've got Mane, not Mark, that was last year's example, but if you've got, um, I don't know, let's say you've got Sterling in at Chelsea and you think, well, actually, given everything, probably there's a £5 million player at Liverpool Diaz who might score more that is that's a luxury kind of transfer that you don't need to make at the start of the month you can you can save that um listen to watch watch football um you know even if it's just reading some reports or whatever just make sure you're make sure you're still up to date on basic things like who's getting assists who's playing where you don't need to go you don't need to be over every little detail of the XA and the XG, that, that that's not me personally, but for some that's hugely important. Um, and I'd say specifically, we're talking about multiple formats, but on Telegraph, 
feel free to set and forget because last season, the team that I had, the other team that was really good last season was on the Telegraph in the top 20. And pretty much I did nothing with it until Christmas. It was my my first season doing it. I I lucked in on a good side that had people who were playing Mm. regularly and decent. Um, And then all of a sudden, having largely ignored it, realised it's doing all right. And I've got loads of transfers still left. So I think, yeah, it's that whole thing of knowing the rules and, and tailoring it a bit, but having that basic knowledge. Yeah, good show, Matt. Rick? He's going to put you on the spot here, Matteo. Uh-oh. You're going to say, front three, front three feels like it must consist of three of the following players. Haaland, Kane, Salah, Jesus and Son. Who are you going for? So, currently, I think I'm on Salah, Haaland and Gabriel, Jesus, Jesus. And I think the value in... Arsenal's Jesus is is there at five million. Um, I think two of Salah, Haaland, and Kane are inevitable. I always remember back from FPL. I used to make so when I took it a bit less seriously back in the day. I used to make silly transfers, bringing in Spurs players because they were my side. <laughs> almost have a natural default not to have Spurs players in the team, just so that I'm not burnt by my own slight bias so <laughs> um as weird as that sounds but i mean kane's got a fantastic southampton at home first up what a game that is so i mean that could be wasn't southampton the game where son and kane scored four between them at, like, yeah. like 18 months ago and uh, it, they assisted and scored each of them between them yeah unbelievable so that what you know that's a massive opportunity um i think there's even an argument to, if you think but I don't. I was sitting on, and it was comments. I think on a podcast previously, and Ketia was an option up front for two and a half million. So and cheap, really cheap. But I just don't get the feeling he's going to play enough. So if you, I think there's a, there's value in having a cheap third forward. Mm. So dwindling, uh, it's dwindling away that Enketia. Yeah. Starts is dwindling away the more that I see Arsenal playing pre season. Yeah, I think he's going to be Europa League striker and cup striker. Yeah, but then I'm thinking he signed a long term deal. Yeah, like he he signed that big contract as if he's going to be right. I'm Arsenal's number nine, this is what I'm signing, and then you're thinking, right, okay, and then Jesus on the right, fair enough. Martinelli on the left. Is that the way it's going to work? But no, because Saka's on the right. Yeah. So, it's a tricky one. It's such a tricky one. Because I thought Enketia, two and a half million, absolute steal. I think that's just such a... This debate on multiple clubs now, some of those clubs at the top of the league who've got money now have... More talent than they know how to fit into their sides. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and it's very true. It's you know all kinds of arguments about how that's distorting the league. Obviously, in it, from a kind of football fan perspective, but in fantasy football world, it's a it's going to be challenging. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. If Arsenal definitely. have a good group in the Europa League, though, it might be worth having Enketia anyway in there as an enabler. Mm. 
because he could, he could play, start them games and score hatfuls of goals. Yeah. It's a good shout. Mm. It's true. It's true. Well, we don't even know that we don't even know the draws yet. So once we get the draws, we'll be laughing then. We can start planning a lot better. Right, with the budget being tighter this year, which are the area of the team is better to place your enabler or cheaper players than Wesley Miller's? What do you reckon, Matt? I mean, the easy answer there is I think it's what enabler can you find in those positions? So it's not necessarily, is, is he a defender? Is he an attacker? Is he a midfielder? I think it's, you know, who can you actually find to fit those positions? So I'm really flexible at the moment as to where that enabler comes. If we see a defender who's going to play for City, Chelsea or Liverpool, who's covering an injury for the first few matches, a la Simicass again. I mean, this is this answer is going to be quite similar to an earlier one, to be fair. Um, you know, I'd, I'd absolutely want that player in like gold dust before the start. If we know that before the start of the season, definitely. Um, if Brendan Johnson looks like, I suppose we won't really know in pre-season, to be fair, how is it, he's going to play in the Premier League. So more of a risk there, um, as with Solanke. But if we think Mbwemo's coming through and playing in all those matches again, as suggested yeah. by Patrick, I... I think what I'm saying is I'm not too worried what position the enablers in and the flexibility of formations mm. I think is is important here and maintaining something where you could move your enabler onto a different enabler who looks like they're actually playing well in the first few weeks in two different positions so not locking it in not locking it in so that you have to tra- yeah. make two transfers to get onto the enabler you want mm. I think that's what I'd be prioritizing I tend to prefer, I've always got, tried to go for enablers in midfield. Um, the problem with doing an enabler in defence is if you get it wrong, you could end up with minus points um, week after week and that player is going to plummet in value if they start shipping goals. Um, I think that... Don't think, tell me, Ryan Bertrand. Ryan Bertrand, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a disaster that was. Uh, but that's that's a classic example of where it can go wrong if yeah. you don't get it right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, you're, some, in some ways, I think you're safer having that enabler in your midfield, um, and there's there's more options there as well. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, and those those striker spots are uh, are so valuable that I think. Um, I would go midfield, I think. But but like Matt said, you know, you've got to be flexible if 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 um if um if an amazing enabler like Simicast or something like that comes mm. up again, you why not jump on that? But uh, yeah, just be a bit careful, I think. Yeah, just like, be open to whichever way it might fall. Go on, Ben. Like like I mm. said before, it's gonna we're gonna need at least four enablers this season anyway. I think we only needed one last year. So Yeah. Going to be interesting. It's opened the game up a lot, a lot yeah. more definitely. So earlier I said I'm not particularly into XG and XA, Ooh. and I'm not. I'm into <laughs> looking back at the history of how players have performed and the actual points and price rises. So I did a bit of a look earlier to see what happened last year, um, and Trent finished the season at seven point nine million. 298 points. 
Cancelo finished the season with seven point one million, uh, with a price of seven point one million and two hundred seventy-five. So Trent was 0.8 more expensive at the end of the season, and he had had twenty-three more points. So as they're both six point five this season, if I had to have one, I'd be having Trent. Um, very little question about it. I suppose yeah. the only counter argument to that is whether the rotation issues have changed slightly. Perhaps Zinchenko might be going to Arsenal. Um, and if so, that makes Jao Cancelo a few more minutes, maybe. And Calvin Ramsey's in at Liverpool, so maybe he might take a minute or two off Trent. I can't really see that, so I'm still with Trent. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, I agree I with that one. That. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, uh, yeah. everyone agrees with that. Yeah, yeah. Coverage. Uh... So we just touched on Liverpool. Is Nunes worth a punt? So, I may be thinking that we need to see the evolution of the season, to be honest, with Darwin Nunes. Um, I mean, he's... They obviously trust him. He's 85 million quid. So, that Liverpool are, are, are trusting him. I, I'll be honest, and this is part, plays into part of the way I play fantasy football. I've had not too much of a look until doing research for this pod as to what the players are doing. <laughs> and I'm led to believe that Nunes isn't really showing the form in pre-season that um, we might hope for. So... Oh, it's still early days. It is early Still days. three weeks to go. But he's five million quid. And if he is playing up front for Liverpool in 75% of the minutes, I mean, he is a bargain. So I'll definitely have him in, in some teams. And mm. I'm really liking the draft that I did earlier today, which was a no-Salah Liverpool team, which covers a huge amount of bases with Nunes, Trent, Robbo, Alisson... Kind of got a bit of a placeholder on Harvey Elliott at the moment. If he if he gets minutes, he'd be amazing. Um, I'm not too worried if it looks like he's not. I'll move him on to someone else. Um, but you've got Jota, who's unlikely to be fit for the first match of the season, or it's a bit borderline, so you might want to watch out there. I think Nunes... So I think it's... I think it's a... In the end, I've convinced myself that it's probably a yes on Nunes. That he's he's decent, decent, decent player, and he's going to score goals. Did you intend the uh, the pun when you said Darwin and then evolution? Needs a bit. I mean, he's not in my he's not in my top draft. Uh, I'll put it that way, and I. But I, I think he potentially offers really good, really good value at five million pounds. So mm. it is tricky, um, as you just the exact correct word, tricky. What about this for you then? Go Twenty-six on. goals in twenty-four starts in the league last season, yeah. and six goals in six game in six starts in the Champions League last season as well. <clears throat> Problem is at the moment, I think he's trying a bit too hard uh, from what from watching him. If you can relax a bit, and you know get um, gel into that side a bit more. He, I have no doubt he'll be a good player, but uh, at the moment he's not shown the form required, but it's only been two games. Two games, um, yeah. Still three weeks to go. Um, he might play in the Community Shield. We might, you know, if he bangs a couple in that, everyone will be on him, won't they? Um, but, yeah. yeah, the jury's out at the yeah. moment, but there's still three weeks to go. So, Yeah. And if we talk about 
we talk about Bundesliga premiums. We talk about you know the, all the tariff of players who do well in the Bundesliga coming to the Premier League and then not performing quite as well. The Portuguese Primera Liga. I mean, I you know it's it's one of those which he does look yeah. he does look start he does look really good, and we're just, we're, Community Shield is perfect if he plays that for us to see actually. Yeah. After that, after that game, that's when you start think start getting down to business and start proper making your proper drafts. Yeah, yeah. So touching on from that, thoughts on Havertz at four million? Um, he seems nailed, and he's currently in Ray's draft. What do you reckon? So, I mean, the first thing is, I think you've just summed up the reason he probably will start week in week out, which is they don't have anyone in that position. Raheem Sterling, I think, will dovetail quite nicely with a false nine of Havertz, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that could be really good. Uh, I don't know if Jorginho is still going to play or who's going to take penalties. Presumably it's not Havertz. Um, so He's I taken th- a few, hasn't he, in the past? He has taken he has a few done. in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he has. Shared it around a bit. I mean, they've still got Mason Mount. Christian Pulisic, yeah. Akim Ziyech, yeah. Dino Werner, and now Raheem Sterling, who is in that front three, even if he's yeah. not the lead. So there's rotation. He's a little bit too much of a gamble for me on that basis, but I'd, it's not far off. Um, I did have him last year. To be fair, he was one of... I didn't mention him earlier in terms of key decisions and key months, but Havertz, I had in my side. He jump in. I did jump in on Havertz, yeah. So I jumped in on Havertz and he was in there for, I think, only about five weeks in the end. And I tried him again right at the end of the season when Chelsea <laughs> had some good fixtures. Yeah. And he was one of my sort of potential differentials to actually, yeah. if he banged, I might have been, you know, sat sat here with um, with a check rather than yeah. not. Yeah. But he, um, so I do have faith in Havertz and I do think he's um, a good, he's a good option. I just... He's not quite convinced. If, you, if he's four million, and then you've got guaranteed centre forwards like Gabriel Jesus at five, and you've got Raheem Sterling, who I think is only, you know, he's at five. I think he'll just feels instinctively like he's going to score more. He's going to be more exciting at Chelsea than Havertz, um, even though he's playing behind Havertz. I. J- I'm just not quite as convinced at that price with other options there that Havertz is the one. It's a good price though, isn't it? It's a, it's a bit of a headache for four million. I can't I mean, Dream Team. But I, th- I seem to have learned that there's occasional criticism for some of their pricing structures and some things about them. But that this season, they really do seem to have got the vast majority of the prices at a really interesting place. That's yeah. forcing a lot of decisions. So with team selections being locked in, obviously when the season kicks off, obviously that's it, done. Um, we used to be taking blind risks on enablers like Harvey Elliott, for example, whilst not knowing that they're a definite starter. What do you reckon, Matty? So I think it's a, that's a great question. I think I'd be limiting that to maybe one. So you, you're obviously putting in let's say he's got a 50% chance of playing regularly through the season. You've got a 50% chance of using a transfer to get him out there for. So I wouldn't want to be putting in too many, but I did 
I mentioned my uh, side a draft that I'm really liking the look of, which is a Liverpool draft that includes Harvey Elliott as an enabler. And I'm quite happy with that. And I don't know how many minutes he's going to play. But if he's my only real risk yes. in that side, then I'm happy to have him. So I think don't do too many. But if you do, you have one of those on your side, or even two, and one of them pays off and one of them doesn't get minutes, then you're probably on an all right start to the season. So don't go crazy. But if it's if it's one player who we think has an even chance of getting quite a lot of minutes, then then yes. I think also the change in the five substitutions rule and defenders is interesting. And defenders coming on, wing, you know, attacking wing backs coming on when sides are, sides are winning and have a clean sheet and getting the kind of partial clean sheet points could be could be interesting and a route to cheap points yeah it's not one i'm cheap. planning on using massively but yeah cheap points good point that yeah yeah well at, at, at this moment when we're looking at harvey elliott um last season he started the season in the first 11 and obviously he got injured so he's looking like an, a really good enabler and I would imagine, obviously, with another year under his belt, he's got more chance of starting. Um, and also, we've got another three weeks of um, learnings to go. So, we'll see the lineups for all the friendlies. And if he's starting most of the friendlies, you would think, especially with the Community Shield coming up, if he starts that, then you're thinking, nailed, nailed starter for two million. Definitely. Yeah. Klopp's been yeah. talking him up in pre-season. Uh, he absolutely mm. loves him. Um, and we need a bit more creativity in that midfield. There's no, yeah. you know, you, you've got, he likes to be Henderson and Milner's can only, they're solid players, but um, we, you ask any Liverpool fan and they'll tell you what we need is a bit more creativity in there. And uh, I think, I think Elliot could be the man to provide that. Well, big thanks. As well to Matt. No, thank, thank the three of you as well for, um, oh. you know, I wouldn't have been where I was last season if it wasn't for you three. So, um, really, thank you very much. That's generous, mate. But... Cheers, mate. Pleasure. Um, pleasure having you on the pod. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for joining us. Um, if, if, if you'd like to join Matt and uh, us on our, and show your support for the pod, um, you can join us at patreon.com forward slash dream team tonic. Um, yeah thanks great pod guys thanks a lot and uh, we'll see you soon see you later cheers guys